Hey everybody, welcome to Glitchy Pancakes, real talk about the world of fandom. I'm Jesse. And I'm Rob. Today, we're going to focus on a really important aspect of the craft of writing, both in genre fiction and also just in general, how authors can write characters who are different from themselves, sensitively, yet still convincingly, whether those differences are uh, in race, ethnicity, age, gender, other identities. And to discuss this with us, we have two fantastic guests who literally wrote the book on this topic and now teach workshops alongside a group of other amazing teachers. Um, First, co-founder of Writing the Other author of novels such as Everfair and dozens of short stories, editor of collections and anthologies like New Sons, original speculative fiction by people of color, which came out recently and I'm a huge fan of, Uh, founding member of the Carl Brandon Society, former board member of the Clarion West Writing Workshop, Nisi Shaw. Welcome to Gucci Pancakes. I'm so happy to be here. (laughs) Great. Uh, We also have with us uh, the co-founder and developer of Writing the Other, an author of stories you can find in places such as Asimov's, uh, writer of the monthly Market Maven newsletter about the the writing market, also the market reporter... Was it yeah. Market Maven Market Newsletter? Got it. And the um, market reporter for the CIFWA Bulletin, uh, Cynthia Ward. Welcome. Welcome. Thank Cynthia. you. That's actually outdated information. Is it? Okay. Well, yeah. well correct me. What, what what did I miss there? Okay. Yeah, I retired from the Market Maven and the uh, CIFWA Market Bulletin, and I have had some uh, short novels out from Aqueduct Press. The first one. The Adventure of the Incognita Countess, and there's a couple more released in that series. Adventure of the Incognita Countess, excellent. Okay, well, uh, thanks for uh, thanks for telling us about that and making sure we yes. got the right info. So, scratch the market maven, scratch the uh, right. market reporter, and go buy Cynthia's book. <laughs> and we will definitely put those in the show notes later for you guys to check out as well. Yes, uh, everybody listening, the, uh, the the works that we bring up will be in the show notes, so you can just click on them and go get them. Uh, but yeah, we really appreciate y'all being on the show. Thank you very much for it. How are you? Uh, you. How are you holding up where you are? Well, here where I am, I'm basically just working, 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 writing a sequel to Everfair, and um, looking out my window and seeing people go by on bicycles and uh, people coming to bring me groceries. And I'm, I've been. It's not much different. I've been uh, in in isolation before as a writer, and I'm in isolation now. Right. How about you, Cynthia? How are, how's it going where you are? It's fairly similar. I I mean, I go out less, but I've been working at home for years, writing, being a property manager, selling books, doing a bunch of different things, and you know, I. This weekend, I've been wor- I've been preparing for this and working on a short story for a Kickstarter anthology that's due tomorrow. So I've definitely been staying home a lot lately. Oh wow! That and COVID. Wow. I bet. <laughs> well, we hear similar stuff from a lot of a lot of people who uh, who write for a living specifically and, and or do a lot of writing. Is that it's not a lot changes. It's like like Nacy said, you've you're <laughs> spent a lot of time in isolation living the life of the mind and then uh, you quarantine yourself and find yourself right back where you were. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But we're glad you're getting time to work. That's great. At least. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. And actually there is something that has come up um, that since the quarantine lockdown, whatever we're calling it, shelter in place started. Uh, and that is um, twice a day. I'm in two hour writing sessions um, via 
well, they're virtual writing sessions, you know, um, with people uh, as far away as Oakland and New Jersey. Um, and we just, we, we get together, we talk for a few minutes about writing and, you know, talk about what we want to do and technical problems we're facing. And then we mute and we write and then we check back in in like 45 minutes or so. It's, it's weirdly helpful. Yeah, that's cool. Mm. So, so you're cool finding idea. the you're finding the the sort of like workshop or, or, or the the groups like that being able to do that online is actually um, is being a benefit rather than um, like you're not seeing a detriment from not being able to get together in person for workshops. It, this is a better a good thing. Well, you know, it's probably enough uh, socializing for the introvert that I really am. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, and it seems like it make it more convenient too. Like it, it gives you, it gives you more options. Like you said, you can, right. you know, if you're, if you're on the West coast, you can get on the phone with somebody from Jersey and somebody from the Midwest and someone from another country and, you know, really exchange ideas in a way that maybe, you, you know, maybe you don't get to, if you're just going to local workshops. So that's kind of yeah. cool. Finding the silver lining. Right. Yep. <laughs> so, so um, I had a question. Uh, for Nisi, uh, if you don't mind me asking, um, it's uh, can you tell us about the inspiration for writing the other, how you and Cynthia uh, got together to develop it, and what you see its purposes within uh, genre fiction? Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> Cynthia, <laughs> Cynthia and I were were uh, in the same well, not in the same room. We were outside in the same courtyard when it right. when inspiration yeah. struck. Um, it was uh, we were at attending the 1992 edition of the Clarion West Writers Workshop. And it was um, a, a classmate who inspired me. And then I asked Cynthia to join me in, in doing this. The classmate, uh, well, the whole story is, is um, the whole write-up is on the Aqueduct Press website. Aqueduct Press is who published Writing the Other. But basically, uh, this classmate said that she would never write the other and um i thought that sounded rather cowardly basically right um right. so um wrote an essay about it um invited cindy to teach with me because i knew she had some great ideas about how the mind works how writing works and how people represent each other and themselves and took off from there right that's great. I didn't realize that you were both at that at that same workshop. I know the uh, actually knew the story that you had you'd heard someone say that uh, they were afraid to write someone who was different from from themselves because they were you know too scared to get it wrong, like you said, and <laughs> uh, and that that was you know that it seemed uh, like you said cowardly. It, seemed, it it struck me as kind of like a, a lazy way to do it too, and almost a little whiny, honestly, like saying. How am I, you know, it's like someone complaining that, well, I don't, I have, I, I can't write, you know, you can't make me do this work because I might get it wrong. Right. So there's no point. It just, I don't know. Sounds, sounds a little whiny to me. So I think it's really good yeah. that the, the two of you put your heads together and, and decided to actually create a resource for people to show them it can be done and also show them how to do it in a really practical way. Right. Well, to be fair, um, you know, I, I, I would say, I mean, and Cindy, you may agree with me. Uh, the person who, who said this was reacting to someone doing a, a, a shallow and unrealistic depiction of their ethnic group. Am I right? Hmm. 
I think so. And she does belong to, I would say, at least a couple groups that are also culturally at a disadvantage. So I am sure she has been multiple times on the receiving end of some pretty, sometimes pretty awful mischaracterizations. I was present too. We actually had a fire alarm. So we all trooped out of the dorm and there was a patio area with, with lounge chairs. So we were the three of us sitting in a row with manuscripts next to each other, having a conversation. Yep. Right. Um, I, I have a follow-up question. <laughs> so um, how, how, let's say within the first two months of you guys doing this, how, um, how challenging was it to, to did you instantly feel comfortable with doing it or was there uh, a few hiccups there in, in, in uh, creating this, this particular type of, of, uh, of need? Hmm. Do you remember Cindy? Um, actually we had um, a priest uh, I practice a West African tradition. We had a priest uh, do like a blessing on us. Isn't that yes. right? Before we did our first presentation. And we received uh, materials and instructions on what to do as a ritual to prepare our minds. That was wow. very useful. Wow, yeah. That's oh, wow. Okay. That's. That I don't think like we've a, ever actually that, mentioned that before. That's pretty cool. I don't think we have either, and my memory is very hazy now because that would be like 15 years ago or more. Yeah, I remember coconuts well, were involved. Coconuts? <laughs> wow. Yes. yes. And there was the red powder for, for wow. invoking our, our higher minds and thoughts. Oh right! I might need to call yep. this priest. I might need to call this. I might need to call this priest. I, I think I want that too, as well. <laughs> I want to. I want my higher mind to be involved with everything that I do. That's that's pretty. That's She's pretty a wise cool. woman. I also think coconut should be involved in every calming ritual. Yeah, um, <laughs> just personally, Absolutely. right? Um, and but that's that's cool that you that you um, took that approach to it. Like, like this, that's a very thoughtful approach. And it strikes mm -hmm. me that maybe it was. Uh, I don't know how much of it was, was related to um, – it sounds like it was very much to get yourselves in the right headspace, which if I heard you right, you said it was, it was around 1992 or 90. It would have been soon after that that you were making your first presentation, nine, right? I think we started working on the workshop in the early 2000s. Okay. Nisi had written some articles before, like transracial writing for the sincere and, mm -hmm. and, and appropriate cultural – appropriation mm. but around 2000 or a little later she started talking to me about doing a workshop yeah the workshop yeah. came much later after after the article so yeah that was still about 20 years ago though hey yeah and that's what i was thinking is that with it being that long ago you know there have been um the the subject matter that you two delve so deeply into has has been is getting a lot more uh spotlight lately as it should but I'm thinking back, you know, 20 years ago, it must have it must have been a little bit daunting to prepare yourselves to get in front of people who this was going to be new information to a lot of right. folks and and new conversations that, um, you know, 20 years ago may not seem that long to some folks, but in in terms of how the culture of of you know fandom and the culture of writing and things like that can change, it's quite a while. So I think that was pretty right. pretty mm -hmm. courageous to do, and it sounds like a good idea to have uh, spoken with the priest and gotten yourselves in, you know prepared for 
not knowing what you would face. So that, right. that begs the question, uh, how was it received when you first started bringing this out? I think it was, all my memories are positive, you know, people being happy and um, excited to have this material. And also there was just this real uh, atmosphere of being able to do something and given the tools to do something. It wasn't like permission. It was like um, modeling. What do you think, Cindy? Yeah, people seem positive. They were glad that there was something out there. People came to the workshops. I mean, when you're setting up a basically a new class, you wonder, are, are any people going to show up? But there has always been interest. People have always shown up in my experience. Well, I, I, think, I, I think, well, one of the things that we had going for us is that this was not required anywhere. So right. anybody that, that came to the classes, um, anyone that attended was, uh, they had sort of pre-sorted and, and they were definitely, you know, supporters of this idea. They weren't there because they had to be, they were there because they wanted to be. Right. Exactly. Right. They'd gone through sort of a, a self-selection process before ever showing up to begin with. Um, right. That's a good point. And I'm, I'm glad that people did show up. Uh, that shows that there was an interest um, back then. There definitely still is. It's, I'd say it's significantly grown. Um, the, you know, yes. writing the other is from conversations I've had with folks is, is pretty much considered the, uh, you know, it, it's the key text if you want to, right. if you want to learn about this. And uh, you. you also have, uh, you have a really amazing group of people that teach classes on a variety of, of subjects closely related to, the main topic or like your, your classic seminar on, on writing the other, which is, um, you know, kind of the, the center of it, but you have a lot of other workshops now. I noticed you've got, I mean, your lineup is fantastic. I saw Stephen Barnes on there. Uh, K Tippis Bradford, obviously, um, does a lot of work with you. Max Gladstone, Debbie Reese, Jamie Go, Kate Elliott. It's quite a list. Um, right. do, do, would you like to tell us about some of the, the workshops that they teach, like what writers can learn from them that's, that's related to your main topic? Well, most of this actually has been arranged um, by Tempest, um, by Kay Tempest Arranged by Bradford. Tempest, you said? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, she does the reaching out. Uh, sometimes uh, we'll get together and, and sort of brainstorm about who would be good to teach uh, a, a, a class, for instance, um, which we have not actually gotten set up yet, about writing, writing your background that you're related to genetically but not culturally like say someone who was born in the u.s but is of japanese background right you know there are special problems with uh representing uh a culture that is in some ways your own and in some ways not so it's writing the sort of other um right yeah, and you know we we have uh, we'll we'll talk about things like um, who can we get that t- can talk about writing um, romance? Who can we get to talk about writing uh, the the particulars of uh, writing in another language? All that kind of stuff. We just basically think about it and then talk about it, and then Tempest is basically the one that reaches out, though. Okay, yeah. so you, you you kind of start with the the topic, whatever it is that you want to, uh, you know that that's a um, 
uh, maybe a subset of, of this that you know an area that needs to be touched on like writing diverse worlds i saw you know um, writing inclusive worlds i've seen things like that so you just kind of start with the idea and then you match up um or, or tempest helps you match up um who's out there who can teach this well um, who's got the experience and does it well right and i mean sometimes it's us um like uh cindy and i did a one on um atheism because cindy's an atheist Mm-hmm. Yeah, religion and atheism. That's pretty cool. Okay. Yep. Look, oh, look that that you kind of you kind of uh, led into my next question, which was, was actually about different religious beliefs. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna move past that one. The one I really wanted to ask is um like I'm a black man, and I'm a bit of a writer, very amateur. Um, <laughs> and it it I I found that I do have difficulty writing women and specifically black women because i know so many different black women that are just so different from each other right so at at yeah. what at what point can i just consider that person a person without writing them as any other as any is anything else but themselves i, I so, don't want to seem sensitive or or insensitive by taking away culture from that person or, or is it just is it just up to me? Well, the thing is, um, this is some someone is supposed to be making me a T-shirt actually that says this. This is my my favorite saying: "Difference is not monolithic." Right. So when you say you have difficulty writing black women, well, that's because black women right. are not monolithic, right? Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Uh, so you know, I don't know about saying just a person, but you know. Uh, the difference between me and my 19-year-old niece, Aaliyah, hello, that's a huge difference, <laughs> difference. there. Right. Very mm. different. Um, you know, and and then um, with uh, my 70-year-old Aunt Cookie, another difference. And this mm-hmm. is not, this is all in one family, all right. from the Midwest right. of the U.S. So, mm-hmm. you know, and it's all, we all are all contemporary. So then... Mm-hmm. All contemporary, and you, you talk about, you know, people in different times, in different mm-hmm. locations, um, you know, friends I, I have who are from a Caribbean background. I mean, yeah, no, there you can't just write a black woman. Sorry. <laughs> right, right, right. No, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, it was something that I, I was concerned because I didn't want, like I said, I didn't want to take culture away from from a character. But I didn't want to make them a trope, you know, or just fall into that bad habit that most people do when they don't fully understand. I guess I just have to fully understand my character, where they're from, their time period, so on and so forth, so I can get an understanding of that person. And then if I don't know, just ask, right? Right. It's the best thing to do is or, just ask if I want to write or take a workshop. Who, right. Or take a <laughs> workshop. But I, hey, I have two guests that I can ask <laughs> personally and, and sign up for a workshop. That, that's a great idea. <laughs> right. Do you have a specific story for her in mind already? I do. Yes. That will help you to find down to what you want and need because. If you know that much, that will start to tell you what doesn't apply. Right. Huh. 
So if you've already got, uh, if you have an idea for where this story is going for this particular character and not just, not just an idea of who you want this character to be, but where they're going, you think that, is that what you mean? Is that that would help inform your yeah. decisions? If you're talking about somebody who's, uh, say, a free woman of color in Boston in 1776 versus mm. someone who's like a, a tech goddess college student at Columbia University in modern New York versus someone who's uh, of Cameroonian background right. and, a and an international lunar base in the 200 years from now. Do you see what I mean? Right, I do, you can yes. start focusing on those things to take you closer to your goal. And further from the stereotypes that, like, I know yes. you were talking about you didn't want to write a stereotype. Right. Right. I don't. I don't. <laughs> Absolutely not. Right. I don't think any and of us want to. <laughs> exactly. no. and, and that that um, makes me think of something that uh, a lot of this conversation that, that we hear, you know, if you're just on Twitter or in various groups or, or seeing writers talk about this, occasionally you'll see or hear people say stuff um, like what you said you heard at Clarion, that someone's afraid to write characters different uh, from themselves for fear of getting it wrong. Um, and you hear people complain sometimes that they, they don't know what to do, like, you know, saying things like, well, I'm this, so does every character in my novel have to be like this? And there's also a lot of discussion about who is, like, I'm putting this in quotes, allowed to tell um, the, the stories about particular people of particular identities. Yes. A lot of that discussion frankly to me seems pretty disingenuous and kind of a lazy way to approach it like the way that people <laughs> talk about it saying like that they 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 complain about not being able to tell certain stories right i, I wonder though it seems like it also may be a little bit grounded in actual confusion that some people have <laughs> um are you are you able to tell us anything about what you think as far as where it's appropriate to draw those lines as far as who tells what stories about whom? Like when is that when is it appropriate to do so? I think about this a lot, um, and it's something that uh, gets brought up a lot in uh, classes uh, where where I'm teaching online or um, in person. Um, yeah. Um, so first of all. Um, I really loathe it when people make it all about themselves. Right. Right. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. oh, poor me. I can't write about it because I might get, you know, my, my hand smacked with the ruler of righteousness or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and, and first of all, it's not all about the person that's doing the writing. It's, uh, it is a fact that you can actually harm people with stories. So mm -hmm. um, the, the, the point is not whether you're allowed to do something, but whether you are going to do something well enough that you won't be causing someone to be lynched, basically, or, mm -hmm. or beaten to death with a baseball bat or something, because, um, because you've validated a stereotype of some sort. So um, it, there are really are actual life and death consequences to, to the stories that we tell. Mm. That seems like an extremely important point, actually, because that's one that, that I don't hear come up a lot in that conversation, because it seems like people, people focus on 
just like you said, what is what's appropriate or what are they going to get in trouble for? Will they get canceled for writing the wrong? That's what they're Mm -hmm. focusing on in a lot of this conversation. But what you're saying, and I tend to agree, is that there's a lot more at stake than simply whether your book will be well received. There there are consequences, (laughs) Mm -hmm. real world consequences, um, life and death, actual violence and 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 I'm sure more subtle consequences as well. You know, the, the, the continuation of um, disenfranchisement and, and white supremacy and, and structures of power that are inequitable to a lot of people, um, but also real world physical mm-hmm. danger. Um, yeah. yeah. So I, just, I, I think you're absolutely mm-hmm. right about that. I wanted to just reemphasize that point for everyone listening right. yeah. that yeah. when you hear that conversation, remember, we're not just talking about whether you'll be quote canceled. We're, we're talking about, right. is this, is it safe to tell right. the story you're trying to tell? And then the other thing is, um, it is actually something that should be taken on a case-by-case basis, I think. Um, You need to ask yourself so many questions, right, Cindy? I mean, you need to ask, um, who else has been telling this story? Um, Is my viewpoint uh, valid, or is it something that I've just, you know, seen on TV? Um, Right. You know, is this character... um, someone that I know, well, okay, so, but do you really know them? Um, All of this stuff. um, Who was it? Hiromi Goto uh, came up with a list of questions to ask yourself when you're, when you're trying to uh, tell a story uh, that involves people of a different race or physical ability. um, Questions to ask yourself as you get started, it's, it's a process of self-examination and, um, it is not something to be taken lightly. It's, it's work. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And then that's work that, that people need to do. It seems like a lot of the, um, when we hear the, the sort of complaining tone come into these conversations, what I'm hearing most of the time is I don't want to do the work. Um, (laughs) But, but you, that's one of the great things I think about, about writing the other and, and the workshops that you've created is that, um, I mean, the book itself, if I'm not mistaken, was, was intentionally, um, is the subtitle not uh, like a practical approach? Like this is, um, yes. right. So th- that was, you're trying to g- tell people like, look, do this work. Here's why you need to do this work and here's how to do it. Here's like, you, there's, there's kind of no excuse at this point. I mean, everything is. All, all of the information is there. All the teaching is there. there. There's no reason to, and I'm not saying that people aren't still going to make mistakes, but th- you know, th- that, that it's difficult not to make mistakes, but you kind of have no excuse I for not attempting them. to do the work. Right. Yeah. Because I've written, been co-writer of this book doesn't mean I haven't made some bad mistakes. Well, right. could you uh, talk a little bit about how you think is a healthy way for people who are who are trying and want to get this stuff right, how they should uh, deal with it when they do make mistakes, how, how they should process that? Oh, there's a whole class about that, too. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> but basically, it's shut up and listen. <laughs> right. Uh, because learn, learn from your mistakes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and um, the way that you... Um, can most easily do that is is um, to pay attention to people who say this doesn't work the way you think it does, and here's how it does work. 
Um, yeah, but there, there's, there's whole classes really that we teach on, on, um, especially, uh, with, with people ganging up on each other on the internet, there's, there's just give yourself a little cooling off period and, um, and pay attention to what people are saying and, uh, respond, um, as 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 slowly as you can <laughs> and as professionally as you can well that would be nice too um i'm thinking <laughs> of actually um i i there was someone who's uh was his name's ben winter he wrote a book about um about uh a, an alternate world in which uh the South did not lose the Civil War. You know, this has been done and done and done. Um, and uh, some interviewer was talking with him, uh, wrote it up in the New York Times, and the headline that was given was, um, for the first time, science fiction engages slavery. For the first time? Okay. And this was not... This was not, it's Ben H. Winters. This, this was not uh, his idea. I don't even know if it was the interviewer's idea. It was uh, somebody that was in, in charge of writing headlines. But wow, the blowback on that, because um, let's see, there was this book in 1977 called Kindred. Um, you know, I, <laughs> May have heard of it. <laughs> yeah, and in fact, um, Ben is a big Octavia Butler fan. But he was catching hell for that. Um, wow. And, and he, it's the kind of thing where you can't like marshal your troops because, you know, you just make it worse. The more you push back, the more, mm -hmm. you know, disturbance there is. Um, I was able to come in and say, hi, uh, didn't he say something about Octavia Butler in, in this instance here, over here, didn't, you know, right. I, I gave them the receipts and I was not part of his crew, so I could get away with writing in there, but uh, at least he was, he was doing the right thing by not um, immediately getting defensive. Yeah, that, that's true, because it does seem like that's something that, that people react that way sometimes when it's pointed out to them. That hey you uh, you know this is this is offensive or dangerous to people. The, the immediate reaction is to say no, it's not because that's not how I meant it. Right. And that's <laughs> that's that's confusing. That's confusing. You know, intent with impact and right. um, impact is the more important of the two you know, most of the time. It's it, I believe. Um, well, one element here is that anything interpreted as a as an attack by the primitive part of our brain is viewed as a physical attack. So it's very hard to not get defensive when something is brought up, even very politely or calmly, because the reptile mind has no idea there's a difference between this has unfortunate consequences for my race, my race and someone pointing a gun at you. Huh. Yeah. It's very hard to engage. And that's why when Nisi was talking about being calm and maybe backing off or one thing that I had thought of 
sometimes I've thought about telling people it probably sounds kind of flipped so y'all can let me know but it's like if if things are blowing up on you be gracious if you can't be grateful gracious be grateful if you can't be grateful be quiet <laughs> right <laughs> yeah you and know because then you think yeah right you know someone, you're not gracious yeah. to the criticism at least thank people for it if you can't do that, and I can't always do that. I have behaved badly in these in these situations. The thing to do is to be quiet. Do not go on NPR like the author of, of American Dirt and oh make it gosh. worse. I wondered if that I was going to come her. up. <laughs> yeah, she, that's a recent example where I heard her. So, and I went back a few times and listened again to make sure right that i'm getting it right that i'm not so upset that i'm mishearing it right that seems like good advice in general because since you know if your if your brain is going to interpret the the attacks even if they're completely well founded even if you did something wrong that that your your Mm -hmm. immediate reaction is going to be to get defensive that makes perfect sense to just you know yeah you're you're going to experience that feeling but keep your mouth shut until it passes and you have and you're able to you know assess it critically and take a look at whether maybe there's some merit to the, the thing that you've been, you know, confronted with. And, and um, Cindy, you know, God, that what you said about being grateful, that is just so on point because right. anybody who uh, has been in a minority, you know, it costs you energy to actually speak up and mm. say, this mm-hmm. is wrong. You got, mm. you messed up here, mm. you know, otherwise you know, if, if, if no one thinks that it's worth mentioning to you, then you're really in bad shape. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. yeah. It's, well, to... it's, um, it's one of those ahead, things. Um... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I apologize. Oh, no, I was, I was, you know, that was, I had a, a slight, uh, slight change of direction. So you go ahead. Hey, you, know, you go ahead. You good. You good. All right. <laughs> yeah, it's ahead, um, <laughs> still kind of staying on topic, but I was curious about whether, um, uh, because you know, good representation is really important in, in any art form. But um, you know, we focus a lot um, on this podcast, where we focus on science fiction, fantasy, yes. horror, um, that type of content, um, genre literature in particular. Um, are there ways that you've seen that um, writing the other requires a different approach, or maybe presents different challenges or opportunities uh, mm. for writers of genre fiction in particular? Mm. Mm. Let me know if that question Mm. didn't make sense. (laughs) Mm. Well, no, I think it's, um, it should be easier for us. Right, Cindy? Well, we can write about other times and stuff like that and Uh, imaginary places. Other cultures. So we're already doing it. So, you know, um, I think that, um, it's, it's a challenge to, to, uh, realize that we we can and should uh expand that that imagination and that um research that we're doing to include real life others right yes yeah that makes sense and it's always a that's a crazy thing to hear sometimes when people are fans of of science fiction and fantasy in particular will (laughs) totally willing to accept a far-flung future scenario where you know we live in uh, different galaxies and there's the most amazing technology that's never thoroughly explained and just you know they'll suspend their disbelief for anything until they start seeing uh characters that that they can't 
immediately and, and automatically identify with because they're very similar to themselves. Like that's, right. that's what you can't imagine. <laughs> your, your imagination <laughs> can go like, all these I'm, other places, but you can't imagine a, a, a black lead character in this right. role. I'm, I'm closer to, I'm closer to Luke Skywalker than Luke Skywalker is closer to Luke Skywalker. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I, I fought that fight. I fought as a, as a black man from the South, I fought the, the fight. I'm a nurse too. So I fought the double fight here lately <laughs> so it's 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 I'm, I'm closer to luke skywalker than any of the dudes that that want to that who look like luke skywalker it's <laughs> it's, it's insane that they, they can't that they can't see that um it, it is uh it's okay to to not know who you're writing and then to go get informed about the people that you're writing i do want to say that um when you know we mentioned American Dirt uh, recently, um, when when that topic came up, I was interviewed about it for some radio stations, and I kept trying to make the point that this is something, this controversy is something that is very familiar to science fiction mm-hmm. uh, audiences, actually to science fiction production as well. It's something mm-hmm. that um, we have been through a few times um well maybe thanks to what cindy and i have done um right but it's 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 not entirely new to us and and people who were outside the genre were asking were acting as if it was like unprecedented and here we are you know we've been plugging away at this for over a decade folks so Mm -hmm. yeah so um I want to give credit to the field for exploring right. this. Yeah. yeah, that is something that, that I, I feel like there hopefully is more um, more of a receptive audience in writers of, of genre fiction. Um, just I'm, I'm just particularly biased toward, you know, I love it. I'm a lifelong fan of, of speculative fiction and I, I want to see this community be good. And I, and I think as, as people who write, so imaginatively and and are able to think so creatively with such broad imagination. I want to see this group of writers uh, be at the forefront of um, uh, really approaching this issue and, and making it, uh, making it an accept, making it the standard really mm-hmm. to put in the work to, to learn from people like you two and, and the, and the awesome teachers that you have um, with writing the other that's, that's that's a hope that I personally have for the for um, speculative fiction because that's that's what I feel like. Maybe it's a little idealistic, but I feel like that's what we ought to be <laughs> as a group. <laughs> well, I was telling these people, I was telling them we already were. So, oops. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> well, the work the work that you guys are are doing. Uh, I have two children, two small children. The work that you guys are doing is uh, is allowing them to see, you know. Uh, characters that look like them and that represent however they're going to represent in the future. So I, I want to personally thank you both for the type of work that you do. It's hard. I know it's draining. It's got to be. It's. I can imagine the classes that you've had to have with people who just aren't getting it and then having to work <laughs> on those people uh, constantly until they finally get that they just need to be quiet and listen. And I know that's simple. But I really appreciate that, that type of work that you guys are doing. It uh, I can't imagine the energy that you have to put into it, but I'm thankful for it, and my children and their children will be thankful for it too, because this is the work that needs to be done. 
Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, uh, we are about at time. So, um, Nisi Shaw, Cynthia Ward, thank you both so much for coming so on Witchy Pancakes to talk really about this with us. Yes, um, I've, I even though I've been uh, we've been following you guys, uh, for a while, which the work that you're doing, I feel like we have a better understanding of it now, and really hope that people will go and and check out the um, you know get the book, look up the workshops, especially if you're a writer. Just, this is the place to learn. Um, you got to right. go and find them. Where um, I guess we can do it one at a time. Uh, Nisi, where can people find you online? So I um, have a website. Uh, NisiShawl.com. Uh, I'm on Twitter um, at NisiShawl and on Facebook. And that's that's pretty much the extent of it. Um, NisiShawl on Facebook and I don't mess with uh, Instagram or, or any of the other uh, I don't young folks stuff. Um, nah. Yeah. And uh, I'm my name is very, very Googleable. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yes. If you type in DC mm-hmm. Shawl, you will find uh, short stories that I got paid for, but you can read for free. A couple ah. of um, a couple of uh, podcasts that Lavar Burton did, reading stories of mine. Ooh, oh, Lavar! Yeah, yeah. Hey, one of my heroes. Uh, <laughs> yes, and he he yeah. continues to to work that hero thing every day. Yes. Um, and of course, fantastic. there's. There's our writingtheother.com website um, where you can find out about the classes taught by people like uh, Andrea Hairston, Max Gladstone, um, of course, uh, me and Cindy, uh, Tempest. Um, so, yeah, I think those are a few of the places. And like I say, Googleable, just me <laughs> yes, you're the only one that comes up if you Google Nancy <laughs> Shaw. You will find her. Um, Cynthia, where are there any um, social media spots or websites or anything like that you want to point people toward? Well, I do have a website, CynthiaWard.com. Uh, my Twitter is uh, at Cynthia underscore Ward, all lowercase. And then I have a author page, it's like Cynthia Ward author on Facebook. And then I have a personal account there. And I'm not really all over over social media either well you're probably mentally healthier than the rest of us as a result that's a great (laughs) idea (laughs) stay away from it don't start it it's a bad habit don't start it the less i do of it the more mentally healthy i have discovered myself to be so you were on to something <laughs> I think so. Well, uh, thank you both very much. We're gonna, we're going to put all of your um we're going to put your info and uh the links to writing the other the book and the, the website and everything will be in the show notes. Everyone go and check them out. Um please. Thank you both very much for your time, your perspective. We appreciate it. And uh hey. we will talk to you soon. Did you have something else you wanted to say? I just wanted to say this was so much fun. Thank you. <laughs> oh yeah, it was I great. Thank you both. Thank you. Yeah, we've had a great time. We'll uh, we got to do this again sometime. <laughs> yeah, we'll love to have you back like, on. That sounds good. Right. All right, we will talk to you soon. Bye bye. All right. Bye. 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 All right. Well, that was. Yes, another that was a great conversation. I'm so happy right. they came on. Uh, that was Nisi Shaw and Cynthia Ward, of course. Uh, like we said, everybody, the, it'll be all the info will be in the show notes. But um, that was fantastic. Go check was, out their was, stuff. I, I learned so much, and I'm inspired. Um, I, I uh, yeah, I, I just I have a lot of ideas <laughs> in my head right now. <laughs> and um, uh, if yeah, you just uh, knowing that resource is out there, right? Right. Like, you know, whatever you want to write, just, there, it, 
right, I need to talk to my wife about budget so I can maybe either get one of these classes so I can <laughs> learn some stuff myself. Yeah, um, I mean, I figure for writers, it's got to be great to know, like, if you have any of those concerns about, like, am I going to do this right, or do I need to be afraid to do it? Like, there's there are, there are plenty of resources. Like, I mean, you I'll, can you can find that out. You can write your story. It just right. I mean, way. one of the one of the, I mean, it's it should be a, a, a trial by fire. You should get uncomfortable and you should really dig in and and find out um, how to write someone who isn't a reflection in the mirror. You know, someone mm-hmm. that yeah. you don't you can't. You can create an entire world and you can create universes, you can create ships, technologies, but it's difficult to create a, a Asian woman who just left an internment camp. Or it's difficult to create those experiences when you have not had those experiences. And even, even doing the research, I'm a, I'm a black man, I can't, I can't write that. So I need, to, I need to find out the proper steps to take to get into the right mind frame to even start writing that you know yeah yeah and, when, and that's what that's their whole thing is like is taking a, is a, giving a practical approach it's like right. it's not just saying it's, it's not just like up somewhere in the ether these conceptual frameworks for right. thinking more sensitively no it's like here's how you write this stuff this is right. like practical is steps tool to do <laughs> so, that and they, and no, they that's came awesome. up with this amazing um yes. if you have any questions for us uh you can reach us at cake cakes pod at gmail.com and jesse where are you at online where's your presence online um well i am not as smart as cynthia ward so i'm actually on social media a pretty <laughs> good bit either. you can right. <laughs> yeah, i'm on twitter at jesse underscore a underscore adams um and yeah and then of course at glitchy pancakes on twitter too if you want to look for both of us where are you on twitter Rob? i am at ei blackout that is i a i b l a c k o u t on Twitter, uh, I have a Facebook page too, but it's you know, or you can just catch me on Glitchy Pancakes. I'll answer some questions too, as myself, one of the flapjacks, you know, and he'll <laughs> answer it as you know, I'll just consider myself flapjack, and he'll consider himself as a silver dollar or whatever <laughs> pancake name that he would like to take. He could big stacks or small, higher whatever oh, he wants to. We're gonna figure oh, it yeah. out. We're gonna figure I, that I'll out. be pa- I'll be pat of butter. I'll be pat of butter, and he can be maple syrup. That, there it is. Butter pat. All right. Yeah, we're, we're gonna change this from week to week too. But uh, yeah, you can find uh, stream the episodes um, on glitchypancakes.com if you want to stream straight from the site. Also yes. find us on whatever podcast app. We're on Spotify, Stitcher, Castbox. We did get the thing worked out with Apple, we believe. So we'll we be did. up on Apple Podcasts if that's yeah. where you listen within a few days. So check us and out. And we got we got approved for iHeartRadio just recently as well, so you can catch us on iHeartRadio as well. True. Thank you for remembering that. And uh, yep, that's uh, that's where to find us. Thanks for listening, everybody, and uh, joining us appreciate for another episode. So we really appreciate it. Um, right, that's right. Yeah. So uh, join us next time, and thank you all for your support. Much appreciated. We hope, we hope you guys are cool. Thank you very much. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.